We're live, we're kicking, and on today's episode, I have my good friend, Tom Jarrett. How are you, mate? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm very well, too. Thanks very much for coming on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. Of course, we've known each other for a very long time through mm-hmm. the Royal Marines, but like all my guests, I like to take it back to the start of their journey, where you grew up and how everything then started for you, mate? Um, so I am from Kent um, and I grew up in Maidstone. Um, I went to school at Maidstone Grammar School and then joined the Marines when I was 19. Yeah, joined the Marines and as I was saying there, that's how we know each other. Yeah. When you were growing up and it's something I've always thought or when how we've known each other, is, was that your route, what you wanted to do is join the military? And um, not really, no. I mean... Um, So I went went to Maidstone Grammar School, I played a lot of rugby, Um, I didn't, all of my friends went to university, um, which wasn't really, it wasn't something that really interested me, Um, but what I did used to like was watching Grand Designs on telly, I used to love watching Grand (laughs) Designs every week. What was that? That Was that a TV show? Yeah, yeah, you know where they, there's like a couple that go on Grand Designs, um, Stephen uh, McLeod is it? All right, cool. Um, And they build like this mega house and it's all like the process of them building it. So I used to love watching that. So um, I thought that I'd like to go into construction. Mm-hmm. So when I left school at 18, finished my A-levels, I then started an apprenticeship scheme for a big construction company down south. Um, and I worked for them for about six months. Um, and I just ended up in a office full of old um, crusty men <laughs> um, on like a quantity surveying apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And I just quickly realised that it, it wasn't for me then and there and I wanted to make a change. All of my friends were at uni, they were having fun, they were going out and um, all of that. So I watched a documentary, Commando on the Frontline. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it with Steve Terrell. Yeah, I've seen that one. So I watched that and I was like immediately hooked. Mm-hmm. I've always been into like sport and rugby and um, like challenges and stuff like that. So it was like, this is what I want to do now. Um, so I applied, went through the fitness tests and then before I knew it, I was stood on the um, train station platform at Exmouth <laughs> ready to go into Lewiston. With your suit and I always remember coming down that day, obviously with my suit on and I was nervous. You meet the corporal, I yeah. was big corporal cook at the time, get yeah. marched up, get into your bed and obviously you were in the bed space next to me. Yeah. And I always think like... You're like, who's a Scottish guy? And I'm, I'm this wee guy. You, what age were you then? I was 19. 19. Yeah. So now How was, old were you? I was 22. So I was, yeah. I was a wee bit older. And uh, yeah, I, I just remember, uh, I remember seeing you walk, when we were in that foundation block. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, when you first join, like two weeks, the first two weeks, you're in that foundation block, which is one massive room, mm-hmm. 60 beds all lined out with lockers and. It's a bit intimidating, isn't it? How did how did you find that that two weeks? I was well. I was like, we, was when I walked imp- in, there, I was, was like, what the hell is this? What, what, what was your impression of me when I walked in? Well, I just I just remember you coming down the down the the line of beds, putting your kit down, and we were all like putting our kit into our lockers, and, <laughs> and we said hello, and I was like. I don't think I understand a word he's saying. <laughs> and I still don't now, most of the time. <laughs> and that's, it's so funny because on Facebook at the moment, I've, I've gathered a lot of followers from America and Canada. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm just here for the accent, but I don't actually know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I always remember you saying it as well. It always comes to my head. Yeah. So that first, two, that first two weeks in the foundation block, mate, did you learn anything from that? <sighs> And what did you learn? Obviously. I don't know. It was so intense, wasn't it? It was. Um, I mean, we definitely learned how to how to iron properly, <laughs> how to wash, how to shave, how to wash and shave, how to how to sleep, all sorts of stuff. Um, but it was like a massive shock to the system. Mm. I think for everyone in there. I don't think it matters how old you are, what kind of walk of life you come from. As soon as you're into that two weeks, it's like you're all in the same, doing the same thing together. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty brutal, wasn't it? Uh, and I think that's the make or break the two weeks, especially when yeah. you get sent for your haircut and it's a num- it's a zero all over. Yeah, you know, Bill like, the butcher. Ah, you're like this is this is getting uh, reality's <laughs> sinking in now. But I'm just about to embark on in the, over the. It's a year. It's about a year long process, isn't it? Mm, yeah. We were in the same the same trip during that training, mate. Did you find any of it mentally, physically challenging? What areas did you find? <sighs> I mean, yeah, I think. Anyone that goes into wanting to join the Marines and ended up doing it, they want to join because it's a challenge. 
because they want to better themselves and, and, and probably because they want to be part of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, through, I mean, every every day at training was, it was difficult, wasn't it? There was always something, whether it was in the gym, whether it was in the classroom and you're like falling asleep, yeah. whether, whether it's you're on the drill square standing there for an hour with your feet going numb, whatever it was, it was always new to us and, mm-hmm. and it was hard, wasn't it? It was hard. I think yeah. that was the hardest part. I found mate was the admin side of it. Yeah. Up all night ironing. Yeah, you were pretty crap for that. Aye, I was sh- <laughs> you know, I was shitting that I was on the plan <laughs> on the flank every every time in the field and there was, you know, big Matt Cutmore for anybody watching this. This guy was like a robot and he was so what's the word I'm looking He could for? iron he like a perfect. crease on a crease. Aye, he, was a perf- he? he was a perfectionist, mate, this guy and you know him Yeah. And he was in my room and he we shared the room. And he slept right across from me, and he used to be up to four in the morning ironing his bed sheets and ironing, yeah. ironing his socks. And one night, I think it was one of the lads in the rooms like, "Let's take his bedside light out." So, we, <laughs> so we what, just undo the bowl. Yeah, we took his, we took his bedside light, <laughs> and he was fucking god mental, mate, because he couldn't iron these fucking bed sheets. So, oh, it was, it was a crazy time. So, during your career, mate, what did you then go and do? Um, so when we left, when we passed out from training, I went up to four five mm-hmm. commando in our broth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there for just over three years, um, did a tour of Afghan. I think it was in 2011, I want to say, Herrick 12, I think it was. Um, so with four five there, we were based in Nadi Ali, which was, we were quite lucky. We had quite like a quiet tour, if you could call it that. Um, so we did that. We were out there for six, seven months. Um, then when we came back, um, I went into recce troop, um, and I was there for an, an, probably another six months before then being enrolled on the sniper course. Uh, so back down to Limpston for me, um, we were there for, a, I can't remember how long the course is now. I think it's about 16 weeks long. So mm-hmm. it's quite long. Yeah. Um, but most of that you're spent out in the field or out on the range. Um, so we did that, um, which was good. Um, and I passed that. And then I went to 40 commando down in Ta- Taunton, um, where I finished my career. We went, um, on operations, um, in Gabon, which is like West Africa. So spent a few weeks in the jungle there. Um, and then once I kind of finished, once I was on my way out, mm-hmm. um, I was on the sniper instructor team. So mm-hmm. back down to Limpston, which was quite a nice way to finish really. Yeah. So I was helping guys come through and get, get them through their sniper course as well, which was, which was, which was actually quite cool. And, and for anybody watching this, could you explain just a wee bit about what it's like going the, through that process of being a sniper, what type of mindset these guys have got and what yeah. they're actually doing on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, for me going to, on to do recce and then going on to do the sniper course, it was kind of like a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm the type of person that I always striving for more or like the next challenge or want to be part of the best, whatever it was. Um, so it was kind of a natural progression for me. But the the whole mindset behind becoming that person, um, that I think there's a lot that goes into it, and and I think that starts right from when you first join training. Mm-hmm. So like things like being determined. Um, having the discipline, um, attention to detail is a massive one. Um, so in the first few weeks of the sniper course, you're up in Scotland on a range and you're shooting up to like a thousand metres in the wind, which is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and your attention to detail and everything has got to be spot on, like how you're laying on the floor, um, the way you clean your rifle, everything has to be like perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes with being then consistent. So consistency is also another one. Um, what else would I say goes into the mindset? The sort of love for the process and the, and the hard work, because it is, at the end of the day, it is hard work. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, what, and what you're doing, you, don't, you every day you're like, oh, can I do this? But nothing that hard lasts forever, mm. um, and you get out the other side of it. Um, so I think enjoying the process and trying not to, like, let it grind you down is, yeah. is, is a big one. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot. You could probably talk about the mindset of a, a sniper all day. And yeah. I think the, the Royal Marine training sets you up for that and you just, you just grow on it and every day is hard and you, you just build that character and mm. that resolve. And I, I think that at the end of it, it all comes together. Yeah. And what, did you, did you go anywhere and do did you do any operations? As a Not sniper? as a sniper, yeah. no. Um, we went to we went to the jungle. Yeah. Um, 
sniper rifles are pretty useless in the yeah. jungle because it's so thick. Yeah. Um, so, but we were part of a recce team, so mm. we were going out on like recce patrols and. Um, you done a you done an operation in Afghanistan. You mentioned there, two thousand twelve. How was that? Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it actually. Um, again, a massive learning process, a bit of an eye opener as well to see different side mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. um so we were out there as i said we were based in i think we we're based in either north or south nadi alley and the area that we were in was actually quite quiet compared to a lot of other areas right so um we believed that the taliban were using our area as like a bit of a facilitation base where they'd come and rest mm-hmm. um and then they'd go out to other areas to fight which kind of makes sense so we used to go on like a lot of arrest operations where right. we'd go out early morning while it was still dark, um, have some intelligence on like a compound where some um, someone was meant to be staying. Um, and then we'd go into the compound, arrest them, take all their details, see if there was any weapons, any IDs, any of that, any of that sort of stuff there, um, and then go back to base. So we did a lot of that. Was, um, that, your fir- was that your first operation? That I, cause yeah. I, I can remember, I never d- done an Afghan or anything, but I can always remember the first thing that I actually done was in Libya, getting yeah. off the ship. Yeah. And in that moment, I was obviously the, the, the harbour was a bit hostile, and I was thinking, fucking hell, man, what have I let myself yeah. in for? What, did you have any moments like oh, Afghanistan, yeah. or did you feel that you were a young guy and you're like, this is it, this is what I've trained for? Or I feel like um, I definitely had a lot of them moments, probably every day, <clears throat> but I definitely felt like I was ready for it because we did a lot of training in, in the lead up. However, the training that we did do was like in cold. Scotland, Scotland. <laughs> no, no Raiders yeah, Afghan not a summer tour of Afghan so the, it was very different although the training was was led up to that um, but yeah I, I remember flying in getting off the plane in, in Bastion and it just being like dusty hot an open expanse of just mm-hmm. desert and just military vehicles everywhere and people it was just crazy um, and then so we we spent the first I can't remember how long we were there for like a week kind of acclimatizing there mm-hmm. um, we, and I was actually really ill that week that yep. week so I didn't actually get to go out with the lads to the fob in the in the first place because so I was I was had a drip and I was I was in I was in a right bad way um, so I actually followed them out about a week later but I remember sat on the Chinook as we were flying into the fob and and, and it was flying low as well and you could just see all of the farmers fields and yep. the compounds and that in Afghan and yeah it was just very very different to being in London or yeah, based the, in Arbroath, and see when you were <clears throat> when you were thinking about leaving the court because you, you 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 left no long after that. You never done too long, did you? Four or five years was it? Yeah, so I did I did five and a half years in total, and I kind of got to a point in my career where it was go on to do other things or leave. And I mean, I had I was quite settled with um, my now wife Sally at home. Um, and I, so I and I got a bit sick of living out of a bag and constantly travelling yeah, every I weekend. The, I was the same. And yeah. You look up the rank structure as well, and you think, yeah, right, this is where my going. This is my this is my route. If I take obviously the career and the the core, yeah. And I, I don't know what you think, but the core kind of institutionalise you, brainwash yeah. you to go. This is the pinnacle in your life. There is if you go into the civilian world, you you've not got a what's the word I'm looking for. You're not going to, I say no, make it as such, but the Marines is 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 what's all there is. And mm. I think a lot of guys get stuck in that. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and they don't realise all the skills that they've got that they can commit into the civilian world. Mm. And what did you learn in the Marines, mate, that you went and took with you to go and do your next chapter? And what was that next chapter? So I think the, I mean, the Marines completely changed me as a person. I'm, mm. I'm sure it did you as well. Um, but... It's all them characteristics that I that I spoke about: the determination, the discipline, um, the attention to detail, all of them stuff that just builds your character. So I think I left with all of that behind me, and I still I still feel like I have that today, and I don't think you'll you'll ever lose that. Um, so I left in 2015, and I decided to go down the whole like private security route, which yeah. which is kind of what everyone does. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good money in it and it can be seen as glamorous, I guess. Um, so that's what I started doing. And I did that for probably five, six years, um, self-employed work. Um, it was good fun. Um, I went to a lot of places around the world, did some cool things. 
Um, but then the pandemic happened. Is that when? And that's when all my work kind of just dried up overnight. And did you get scared? As um, I've not got any work, or were you like, <sighs> what's next? Or? Again, I think th- I think this comes. Yeah, I was obviously scared because yeah. um, I didn't know where my next paycheck was going to come from, or um, or what I was going to do. But I think having all of them characteristics behind me mm-hmm. helped. And there's always like opportunity to find in in a in a hard hard moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had quite a lot going on at, at home when when that happened. Um, Sally and I used to have a flat in London, mm-hmm. um, so we sold that just before the pandemic. We moved right. back to Kent to kind of settle down and and build a family. We bought a house that needed like a complete renovation, and as we did all of that, the pandemic and happened. No work for me. Um, Sally was able to work from home, so I was I ended up like walking to um down down the road to farmers and like pruning apple trees for cash in the morning <laughs> and i loved it that, but that's when your survival instinct kicks yeah, in. yeah. what you've said is that it's a an art trans it's not just a transfer it's a human instinct isn't yeah it? survival yeah and I, I mean it was summer i was in kent i was pruning apple trees in the sun that's just a lesson it's just like the simple things in life like yeah. picking apples in the sun and you're the most content yeah. and happiest no matter what and then instead of going and doing like the marines or post yeah. protection or to what you went obviously done next and, and followed your passion which I know is obviously opening a gym and becoming a personal trainer Yeah. how did that process start for you? well I mean I've always I've always been into fitness I've always been into weights into sport um, so when this kind of happened, um, I, I already had my PT qualifications because, as you as you know, when you leave the Marines, you get given sort of L, I think they're called LCAS yeah, uh, points where you can use them to gain qualifications mm-hmm. to help you in in CV CV world. Um, so I already had that behind me, and I was like, right, I've, I've always wanted to open my own gym. Maybe now is the right time because I was always comfortable before then. I was earning good money. I, there wasn't that push to do it. Um, because it's hard, it's hard work starting your own thing up from scratch. So yeah, I never definitely. really had that emphasis to do it. Um, so it was just the right time. And I, um, I didn't have a, I didn't have a gym. I didn't have any equipment or anything like that. So, um, I think it was when we were allowed out in groups of six in my area and I rented out a AstroTurf netball court down at the local sports club and just put some stuff on the village group um, on Facebook and got a handful of kettlebells and I started doing like a outdoor boot camp just for the summer mm-hmm. and it, it flew it went really well because nobody could go to any gyms uh, the people that were um, did have gym memberships they'd, they've cancelled by then and they wanted to get back into fitness so it was good timing um, mm-hmm. so yeah it started from there we did that for I did like a six week boot camp. it went really well did it for another six weeks and added more sessions had yeah. more people um and it just evolved from that but it was like a it was a grind so i used to, i don't know how many kilos of kettlebells i used to have but <laughs> i used to load them all into the back of my vox astra yeah. it would be like dragging across the floor oh, as i'm I driving can, I, can to the, relate, I can relate to that well when i started yeah. body fit with adam we used to load up the little Peugeot van and we actually broke the suspension mate in the van yeah. because yeah. the kettlebells just Oh, you know yourself. Was and like, you're like driving around the corner. It's like 300 kilos like, worth of kettlebells in the back of this wee Peugeot van. Yeah. It was like 600 quid. No, that, that, that's so funny. And starting a boot camp is a good learning curve as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd never... my So my gym owner story is, is a bit different from other people's. I'd never worked in another gym. Mm-hmm. I'd never done any personal training. I just had my PT qualifications and I just liked going to the gym and I'd been going to the gym since I was like very young. Mm-hmm. So I knew my way around exercises. I'd, I'd spent time with coaches. I had that sort of uh, skin in the game, if you want to call it that, but I never worked in a gym, yeah. never did any personal training. So it was a very steep learning curve for me. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. It, it was graft, like doing, taking the kettlebells there every yeah. day, dragging them all across, picking them up, um, doing a lot of sessions on my own. But I mean, there was nothing else for me to do. So mm-hmm. um, it was good. And it was kind, kind of like a baptism of fire, really. Yeah. Um, so when, when, when we got to the end of the boot camps, uh, I, lo- I was looking for a, a unit forever, mm-hmm. for ages and ages and ages. And it was really hard to find like a landlord that would uh, would let you work out a change of use to turn it into a gym and mm-hmm. it had to have parking um it had to have be the right size um you got to think about noise you got to think about the neighbors so it was quite 
it was quite that difficult. What I it gives, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and luckily I I, I found somewhere um, and 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 opened up the gym and then two weeks into opening it we went into another lockdown and I had to it was probably one of the hardest periods yeah. for a, any business owner and yeah. the challenges that that brought up and anyone that did come through it's obviously only made them stronger yeah definitely I mean from my point of view I could have we had the gym open I could we had equipment in the gym mm-hmm. I could have just said right guys we're just going to shut until we're next open again yeah but it didn't really it didn't really sit with me very well. And instead of like burying our head in the sand, we just rented out all the equipment to our members in the gym. And mm-hmm. we just put on zoom sessions. Like I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of gym we, owners and boot camps that's, did. That's what we did. And, well. and it works. I mean, it's, it was never perfect. And it, I don't think zoom sessions will ever be perfect. Um, but it at least it was something definitely. Um, and it gave people the option to work out at home. You could still kind of get that community vibe going. Yeah. Um, and l- luckily for me, a lot of the, my members supported me through it, um, and they took my equipment home and they they paid their gym membership and they kept mm-hmm. everything going. And, and a few weeks later, we were back open. So, mm-hmm. how many did you start with in your boot camp and your gym? Um, mm-hmm. Well, I was lucky enough to have the boot camp, so we we brought a lot of their members straight Fair. into the gym. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there was around twenty or thirty to start with. So it was good. Good number. Good. Good number, yeah. Good, good foundations to have, um, but at the time it was just uh, me running it, so I was literally doing everything. And how did you feel then? Tired, tired. Mate. Um, I mean, it was all right to start with. Uh, I think we were doing like eight sessions a day, mm-hmm. um, so I was doing a lot of coaching. I was cleaning. I was doing all the business admin, the marketing, the sales. Uh, all of the Facebook groups. Does that stuff. have an effect on the business as I, such? Did you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to burn out here, I need support, uh, yeah. I need help? And yeah. where did that come from? So at, at the same time of all this going on, Sally was actually pregnant as well. So we had our first <laughs> yeah. child, um, Nelly. Um, so we so we had that going on as well. So yeah, it was I like... Can imagine the, obviously the energy and the sleep deprived. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. So luckily for me, um, my brother helped me through COVID. So he helped me do the um, Zoom sessions. Uh, so I used to do, he used to do the morning while I used to spend time with Sally and Nelly. And then I used to come in and do the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that whilst we were during lockdown. Um, and then I employed um, my first member of staff, Glenn, um, came in and we were able to kind of split the day up between us then um and we we worked back to back like that for, yeah. for months which which was which was a big help but yeah definitely it's something you can't do on your own for very long and if you do you're definitely going to hit that burnout especially if you've got other things mm-hmm. in life going on but it was it, it needed to be done so just head down and and crack on which is what we kind of got through training so. uh, he's bringing that the transferable skills for the Marines and it just yeah. the long days and you've been through it and you're just transferring it to building your business which yeah. I know has obviously grew arms and legs so yeah. where, where is it now mate for yourself? Um, so we've got <coughs> so we Brigade Marden um, or HQ as we call it uh, we sit around um, between 200 and 250 members at any one time Yeah, we've got 8 coaches we've got a full time videographer um, and we've just taken the keys for our second location, which is about 20, 30 minutes away in Kings Hill, um, which is going to be the same sort of size. So they're, they're both around 2,000 square feet. Um, we can fit between 200 and 300 members in. Um, and yeah, and it's, grow- it's growing every day. Every day is getting stronger. Every Probably. day we're refining our products. Mm-hmm. Um, and every day the coaches are getting better. Our, my team that we've got are great. Couldn't ask any, anything more of them. Um, and and it's what's allowed us to grow so quickly and 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 be as good as we are, I guess. Yeah, and I know obviously doing the same similar line of work, gym, but Camsey says it's not easy. It's yeah, everything looks easy. Members turning up, sessions on, but the amount of groundwork it goes into, obviously the operations behind the scene is astronomical. How do you personally keep on top of yourself keep your energy levels high keep your mindset positive when you're obviously dealing with a lot of dealing with a lot of energy for your members and dealing with family life how do you keep on top of yourself I mean the balance I don't think I've I don't think I've I've definitely haven't got the balance yet the whole work life balance between owning a gym being being the owner of a gym doing the business and and having a busy family life 
Um, I think that's going to be a real, I don't think I'll ever nail it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I have worked out is my my sort of routine. Um, So I'll I'll get up early. I like to stretch in the morning, which helps me kind of clear my mind. Um, I like to do a little bit of work in the morning, which is where I'm probably more productive. And when it's quiet and not Mm -hmm. much is going on. So when all the girls are still asleep, I'll get some work um, knocked out. Um, and then I'll get I'll get down the gym. I make sure I work out pretty much five six how, times a week. How how important is that to your own? It's massive, massively important to me. My mental health. I mean, I used when I first started doing fitness and weights, and when I was like twelve, fourteen, I did it because I wanted to look good. Mm-hmm. But now I, I really don't care about that. I don't care yeah. about looking good or having a six pack. That just that just comes with it. Mm-hmm. What I care about is my mental health, how it makes me feel. Um, it makes me a better person. It makes me a better dad. It makes me a better business owner. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like my anchor and my release. And if I don't do it, I notice it and I'm fidgety and I'm, I'm really like aggy to be around yeah. and it's not cool. Yeah. Cause it's, a, as I always say, the people I work with is exercise is a non-negotiable in my programs just for the fact that it is a stress as you're saying it's a stress relief it releases anxiety mm. releases all that mental pressure that you've got for life running your business your family and it just gives you that sense of pride mate I think exercise is a form of self-respect yeah. would you yeah. agree oh absolutely yeah it makes you feel better you get more confidence um, I think a lot of people make the mistake when they start on their fitness journey it's always it's, it's normally always um, I want to lose weight or fat loss or I want to put on a bit of muscle. Um, but what they soon realise is the other benefits mm-hmm. much much outweigh that. That's, that comes with, with it as, as time goes. So the mental health benefits, surrounding yourself with people who are like you and yeah. like-minded and have that same sort of vision about wanting to be better. Um, I think that's massive. Um, and having like a that, that sort of community around you. Yeah, definitely. It's... It's 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 hard to explain to someone when you're when they're in that position where they have let themselves go, they are in a, a negative rut, they maybe are depressed and they can't see themselves getting up and going to the gym and exercising. But if you think about it logically, like getting up moving, as I say to people, you're getting your body moving, you're getting your brain moving, you stopping yourself from sitting about overthinking all day getting mm. a sweat on getting a way out and just doing something it's running it's gym it's kayaking it's on a bike mate it's whatever it is just find something you enjoy and go and do it yeah. do you know what I mean and you're the same yours was obviously go to the gym doing your crossfit stuff uh, and stuff like that it doesn't need to be anything massive mate do you know what I mean it's just yeah. simple isn't it it could just be like stretching in the morning or yep. taking the dog out for a walk any, anything just to get the body moving and to kind of shut out the noise mm-hmm. everything that's going on around you and just concentrate on, on you and like clear your mind and just a good way of thinking really isn't right. it? Because uh, as I, I say to people is, it's a form of meditation yeah. exercise and it does get you out your head because how many people have you heard saying I'm going to go a walk or I'm going to go a run to clear my head because that's exactly what it does. Yeah. And for me personally, that's what I've adopted for myself and I've learned over the course of my life to stay out of my head is keep myself busy. Mm. Whether it is keep myself busy in my work, mate, or it's keep myself busy exercising or out a walk. And somebody said something to me on social media the other day, do you ever sit down? And I'm like, no, because sitting down is when you overthink life. Mm-hmm. When you sit and think about your problems, your issues... And the only way to overcome that for me, mate, is moving, movement. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody says, if you're moving, you're busy every day, you're not stuck in your head. Yeah. Reading, gaining knowledge, it's, you want to get away from that and keep yourself busy and exercise is something that should be the cornerstone in everybody's life. I think so, yeah. 100%. So your members, mate, what type of member is it and what are, they, what are their biggest struggles and what are you helping them with every day? Um, I mean, we we like to say that we help people change their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that come to us, uh, we have a massive demographic and a wide wide range. Um, but generally, they'll come to us for fat loss, muscle muscle gain, uh, or health reasons, and just want to be healthier and fitter. Um, so and we help them do that. So they'll get assigned a personal coach. Um, we talk. We go into like deep into what their kind of goals are. Um, 
we give them personalised targets, no matter what their kind of goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can work on it, support them through that. Um, their training that we do in the gym is added, obviously, with that. And the whole sense of community, we try and build that with like social events and things that are outside of fitness to get the like-minded people together. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so that they're surrounded by motivate, motivation and, and support. What's, what's your take on on mental health at the moment, mate? Because obviously you'll be working a lot with that, with helping people improve obviously their bodies, but their mental health. Why do you think a lot of people are struggling with it at the moment? Yeah. I, th- I don't. I don't think anything's changed. I think mental health problems have always been there. I just think that now maybe people talk about it more openly, and with the whole um, with social me- the social media increase, I think people see it a lot more. Um, I don't think social media helps with it because it's very easy to scroll on Instagram mm-hmm. and compare yourself to others. So I think that makes things worse. Um, but yeah. I, I again I think it's that whole thing about shutting up this everyone has a busy life now mm. busy at work busy at home busy meeting friends there's a lot of stuff going on as mm. and then you add to the mix social media and what everyone else is doing around you so having the exercise there having whatever shuts the noise out there can really help you, I believe do, do, do you think it is social media and it is, compa- it is comparison yeah of people I don't people, think it's purely that but that people, doesn't where, help well people are thinking I'm working, say, a, a 95 job. I'm not my panning all week. And then you're going on Instagram and somebody's living a, a great life and they're yeah. thinking, fucking hell, yeah. that should be me. Yeah. A, a big contribute. Yeah, I, I think it does. And I I honestly believe that people view life through the lens of Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Um, they see what... Like you can just go on your phone now and see what your friends are up to right this minute. Yeah. Um, and generally, the peop- the stuff that goes on there is the good stuff, the positive stuff. Um, so when you're flicking through there and you're comparing what Dave's up to, yeah, I feel like it means your feeds on Instagram. It's all the good stuff, and yeah, all, it's absolutely. All, it's, if you look on my Instagram, it's just lots it's, of it's, me training. Yeah. Um, it's not at home doing your dad duties or yeah. this or that. I'm not changing nappies. I'm not it doing would, those admin. It would be. If somebody did create a platform where, right, you're not to put your best at it, all your worst stuff, there would be nobody on it, though, would yeah. there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not, when you go on there, it's hard not to compare. I think it's just like a human response. Um, but I, I guess you can take some positives out of it. What I like to try and do is I'll try and follow people that inspire me mm-hmm. and I'll use that as a bit, as like a bit of motivation um, but again, it's hard not to. How do people find that motivation, though? Who are really struggling, and they are looking at people going, "How do I? How do I actually get there?" Yeah, that uh, that is a good question. And I, it's like uh, these people, because I've been there myself, yeah. and I know how much I had to dig deep to join the Marines. As mm. I've spoken about loads on my own social media on this podcast, the struggle with addiction and yeah. digging deep to maybe go and do something like join the Marines. That's got a Give that inspiration to go and do better things, yeah. and it, it is. I think it really is hard for people, mate, at the moment to find that inspiration because it is just comparison, and there's is, there's nobody there really giving them the the push. Mm. And I think things. Have. That's that's why I think that gyms like mine and yours are good because mm. it's a lot of people that go out on their fitness. I mean, we're talking about fitness here, yeah. but this could be anything. A lot of people that go out on their fitness journey, they they generally start off in like a cheap gym mm-hmm. where they'll pay like a cheap membership they go to the gym thinking that this is going to solve all their problems they'll turn up it's quite intimidating they probably won't know how to do a lot of the exercises or how a lot of the machines work they'll go for a week get bored of it quite quickly because they don't really know what they're doing and then they'll quit and they'll think that the gym's never going to be for them yeah but with with operations like m- mine and yourself um that's com- that's completely different we take all of that away um, we coach them through it. We we teach them so that they mm-hmm. can. I, I've always said, if someone comes to brigade, um, which which is uh, my gym, if someone comes here to me for a year and then leaves for a reason, if they can't then go away and join a gym and do it for themselves and learn about their nutrition, I've done something. Yeah. I haven't done my job properly. Um, so that's that's kind of what we, how we kind of work it. So we'll coach them, we'll teach them about nutrition. We won't do anything for them, but we'll guide them and support them through it so that 
when they do leave, mm -hmm. they've got all the tools that they need to be able to carry on um, that healthy and happy lifestyle. I mean, our mission uh, at Brigade, is to, uh, we say, is to offer every member the opportunity to learn, maintain and improve a healthy lifestyle and a happy mm -hmm. lifestyle. Um, so, yeah. It's when they're making that commitment to join your gym, they're putting an investment into themselves. Yeah, and I absolutely. Think, I think that, as we're getting back to where people are struggling in society, is where their mindsets mm. and understanding their mindset and understanding better where things like maybe their finances could go and not so go, like mm. putting things into like alcohol every week or takeaways, just the apps, whatever it may be, mm. and then putting into something like a gym membership, which has got to have a bigger impact in their life, such as their energy levels, their confidence, yeah. as you've alluded to, your family life, your kids, your work. Yeah. Starting to maybe get a sense of purpose, a sense of direction where you want to go in your life, just yeah. with making that investment. Have you made any investments in yourself over the years with any coaches or any programmes or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I've had um, a few mentors now and I, I honestly believe that, like you talked about there, it's, a, it's an investment in yourself mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's been key for the, how quickly we've grown and, and our success. Um, and I will always look for people that have done stuff that I would that I want to achieve um, because at the end of the day, if there's someone there who can help you and support you through it, why would you not invest in it? Mm -hmm. um, instead of making the mistakes that they've already made, they can help you well, through that. What would you say to somebody who was maybe looking to make that change and was looking for a coach? What would you say to them today to look for? In, in fitness and fitness uh -huh. I think you've got to, you've got to you've got to look out there and you've got to, you, you've got to first understand what your goal is mm -hmm. and then you've got to see what who's out there that can help you um, and if you really need that support and structure you need a gym that's going to offer you that it's not going to be like a cheap 24-hour gym there's going to be no structure for you there there's going to be no motivation no accountability so if you know that you need that in your life find someone who's who's gonna who's gonna offer that which is it's generally gonna obviously cost you more but like you say it's an investment mm -hmm. um, and once you've learned them things you can then take them away with you and carry that on and, and you might be able to pay a cheaper gym membership for that yeah definitely I always I always say myself personally I only value things that not only value things that cost maybe that doesn't sound right but if you're making an investment and you are maybe got to pay a wee bit more premium you take it more seriously yeah without like got to say a pure gym or the gym where it is only 20 quid a month and you're like oh fuck it's only 20 quid yeah whereas if you do take your health seriously and you go do you know what I'm, I'm actually got to invest something more substantial maybe four times that say 100 quid a month yeah you'll people will value it more and I think it's all due to my, mindset yeah uh, and understanding that that if you do invest you will get the what's it called an investment in yourself pays the best interest it yeah. will pay good interest down the line for you yeah yeah do you know what I mean mate 100% <clears throat> what's the, the next steps for you then mate regards your gym what's the future where do you see yourselves going what's the vision of it uh, I mean the vision is to open up several brigades over the south east and and to raise the standard of personal training and customer service to so that we can deliver like a world-class coaching product that yeah. is going to be enjoyable um, and that is going to get people results and it's going to, that everyone's going to have fun doing it. Um, and I want to, I want to be like an employer brand. So I want, I want my staff members to feel secure in their jobs. Um, I want them, I want to pay them well. I want them to be able to save for mortgages, save for the car they want, which I think is really, really cool in the, fitness and PT space because a lot of companies aren't like that. hundred percent. Me spoke about this before, maybe last week or the week before when I've been doing the the, the transition with body fit for yeah. to boot camp into the same obviously model you're running, the small group personal training. Yeah. And I was asking you, what do you do with your instructors, your personal training? You like employ them and I'm like but you employ them and you obviously then explained what you're going to explain now which is, is amazing because you don't get that in this industry mate in the mm -hmm. PT industry people employing people and giving them a salary to do their job it's, un it's unheard they really isn't it yeah, yeah it doesn't happen very often and I think sometimes young people when they go into 
the fitness industry, they think that people are just going to come to them and the work will be there, which is generally not the case. Mm -hmm. You've got to go out there and find it. Um, and for some people, like the self-employed route isn't going to be isn't going to be the one for them. Yeah. Um, so I want to create that environment where people don't have to do all of that stuff. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I just want them to be really, really good coaches. Um, and I want the team to, I want it to be like a fun environment to work in where everyone can be striving to their goals and everyone yeah. can be challenged every day. Like a, re a really cool thing that we do at Brigade, pretty much every day we try to anyway, is that all the coaches will train together. Right. Um, so we'll be pushing each other through the workout. We'll be coaching each other. Um, so some people are better at certain things than others. So we can help help us. And it just helps the team grow, um, which I, I think is really important and, and missing from the whole self-employed thing where you, you don't have that team aspect. No, it's pretty much every man, not every man for themselves, because obviously it may be unfair to say that to people who do run that type of model with instructors, but I don't know, 100% know what you're saying, creating that facility for the people who are passionate about training, are passionate about fitness, but yeah. they hate the full the full business idea, which yeah, yeah. Is, is a complete other job for itself and they can just focus on being a good coach, a good trainer. So yeah. I think you've created something there, mate, that a lot of people could take from. Yeah, and you, I, I truly believe, like, if you create that team environment mm -hmm. just within yourself and your coaches, that definitely carries out into your gym community and people see that mm -hmm. and they will cut, they will want to come to your gym because of because of that because they see your coaches are working out together they see that they're having a good time they see that they're able to do all this cool stuff mm -hmm. um, and you will get members wanting to come and train at your gym because of that because for instance the what you're doing there is I'm taking this for experience working in pure gym is you're developing someone yeah. who then instead of just passing say their course their PT course and then going straight into like a pure gym self-employed where they've not got a fucking clue where they do just think it is turning up putting a PT session mm. and they get there and they fail because they've not got the experience they've not got the support they've not got the network Yeah, and they're like this is fucking tough and then yeah, I don't know what the statistics are but I, I think it's pretty crazy the amount of people that do their PT qualifications and don't last the first year. I can't right, remember mate, what it is exactly. But I think it's astronomical. Yeah, mate. it's pretty hard. When I started my career in pure gym and the turnover was like, yeah. the only reason, say the only, the only reason is because I had that mindset for the core. Yeah. I'd spend 16 hours a day in there, speak to everybody. Yeah. I had the bergen on my back, having people doing step up challenges, talking to because I had that in within me. I yeah, think and that's do, what it takes. I think you do need to have that within you, but I never had any of the business side. Mm. I was like, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. This was my first time in the business, actually taking money off of somebody and putting it in my pocket as business such, instead of working for somebody and getting paid a wage. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck do you do this? And I think that's probably why the hardest things for people to go to that mindset, maybe when they are starting a business, is it's then up to you and no up to an employee. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And that's what I was like, with PTs, mate, it's hard. It, you feel sorry for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's an amazing thing you're doing, mate, like getting people a full-time job to can just focus on their passion, which is training people. Yeah. And I think the exciting thing for uh, brands like ours is that we're a small business and it's, if people, they might come into the business as a coach, but there's so many different opportunities there, um, depending on what their interests are, if they like marketing, if they like sales, um, whatever it is, there's going to be, as long as the business grows and, and, and positions grow within that, there's going to be opportunities for them mm -hmm. to change paths yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but that, like what I was saying there, somebody does, they've got to gain massive amounts of experience yeah. in there to then, when maybe a year or two years down the line, they feel right, I'm ready to go and give this a crack as yeah. myself, as, as self-employed, whatever route they want to go, because there's, lo there's yeah. loads of routes in the fitness, online coaching, yeah, gyms, yeah. door book camps, whatever it may be. I'm, I mean, it goes back to that whole thing that I was saying before about the members coming <clears> to train with us. Mm -hmm. Same goes for the, my team. If, if they ever felt, if they ever wanted to leave, I hope that they've got all the experience and all of the tools that they've learnt from me and from Brigade that they can go and set their own thing up yeah do just team building it team building's massive and a lot of big corporations I know a lot of people like companies do they team build because they see 
the, the, the impact it can have with people are working together, working towards the same hymn sheet, working as a, a unit. Yeah. Something obviously we learned in our career in the Marines, mate, is working as teams and highly effective teams and elite teams and small groups yeah. and how that can then have a, a bigger impact. With your brigade, what made you call it brigade through the core? I've always wondered because is it core related? Yeah, yeah. It is a little bit, yeah. So, I mean, we were all part of three commando brigades. So yeah. it, it comes from that. And if you look up, one of the definitions of brigade is is like a band of people who all have the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of came from that. Um, our, our logo is what I've got on my chest here is is kind of like a tip of the hat to a sniper scope. Um, so it's like cross barbells within a within a circle. So it kind of looks like a sniper scope, but has also got a fitness gym element mm -hmm. to it as well. Um, so yeah, I wanted to kind of bring my background into that as well. Um, but I always, I always get people ask me if I was part of the fire brigade, which is quite <laughs> annoying. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I know, obviously, I know, but I was just wondering, he's called that because obviously commander yeah. brigades is, is quite cool. And do you have visions of bringing like this small group stuff to different areas or like UK or... I mean... Like, like, like I don't see why no, mate. Like, you yeah. see, see something you're creating within that, it could potentially be good to franchise and bring what you're creating is like bring in like say somebody like one of your yeah. people who you're training up to yeah. then franchise it and then do the same model where you're bringing instructors in and paying them and yeah. does that make sense? Have you it probably does, yeah. thought about it? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so I've been, I've been doing that full route myself with outdoor boot camps where I put them yeah. everywhere. My only thing with that is I would really hate for the the product and what we've created to kind of lose what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think could be the risk if you grew that big. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have that much control over over yeah. it. I mean, at the moment, um, I'd like to keep it quite small. I yeah. mean, I'd like I would like some more gym locations, but I want to keep it small enough so that we can we make sure that the product is premium yeah. and it's definitely good, um, and the team is good and everything is as it should be. Um, there's a lot less risk in it. Yeah, de de definitely. So if if we finish up there, mate, and I asked you one question, Andy, who's watching this today, who may be sitting there thinking they're ready to make change in their life, what would yeah. you say to them? Um, I think that's really hard to say in one, in one point. <laughs> yeah, take your time. Um, but I will try. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is... Whatever it is, if it's fitness, if it's business, if it's a challenge or whatever it is in your life, just start. Like, there's a good saying, uh, um, the best time to plant a tree was yes, um, yesterday. The next best time is now. Um, so, yeah, just start. It's never, whatever it is, it's never going to be perfect to start with. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as you're consistent with your approach and, and you get after it every day, it's going to snowball, it's going to grow and, and at some point you're going to get to a you're going to get to that point where, which you wanted to get to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if it was my one bit of advice is just whatever it is, just start. Whether you whether you just get out a wee bit of this question, whether you think people need to do to start. I mean, it really what, 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 what would the motivation be to start, mate? <sighs> Good question. I think you have to kind of. Whatever it is, you've got to kind of think how how is that going to make me feel if I get there? What kind of person am I going to be once I get there? And if you truly believe it and you want it, I think that that will, that should make you want to start. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're not hundred percent bought into it, the the um, you're never really going to start it because yeah. you you need that. Now is the time, kind of. That's what I want to be. That's where I want to get to. If I want to get to there, I need to do this today. Do, do you think people just wake up and go, fuck, I need to change? Do you think there's a sense of that? Or do you think people, it takes, it's a gradual process? I think Where it's... Where people are like, I need to change in my head. Like, there'll be loads of people out there at the moment yeah. thinking, oh, I need to change, I need to start this process. Yeah. Be, be becoming better. Yeah. And they'll think about it and think about it and never do it. Yeah. Do you think you just wake up one morning and go, and, and something maybe happens in yeah, their it life? Yeah, it could take something. Like for me, it was 
yeah. COVID and losing all my self-employed work. That mm. was my... Wine doors. Because I, I mean, I've been thinking about owning my own gym for years before right. that. So it was the pandemic, no work for you, Tom. What are you going to do now? Okay, now's the time that I've got to do this. I've got to get go and buy some kettlebells at extortionate yeah. prices online. And then I've got to market myself on Facebook. I hate being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, how, how, do, how do you find that in front of the camera? I hate it. Uh, I'm not very good at it. But again, it's but one of them get, things. You get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it's you're massive. Le- you're, le- you're learning about yourself. Yeah. And what do you know like about it? Are you thinking what other people are thinking? Yes, I'm, that's one of the main main things I don't like about me doing it and mm-hmm. putting myself out there is I don't I, I wonder what people think about me and mm-hmm. it's never like I said it's what I do is not perfect by any any stretch of the imagination but it's something and I'm doing I'm trying I'm mm-hmm. doing it um, and I will get better at it if I'm consistent at it and the more I do it I will get better at it um, but I yeah I'm massively out of my comfort zone I mean even this for me is quite hard yeah. and it, this is my first ever podcast so no you've, you've smashed it uh, and see what we've said there is it comes all the way right back into the start is people probably struggle to start me because they're fucking shit scared of what other people think yeah. of them or what other people are going to say to them or if the family are going to drag them down and they <coughs> stay in their comfort zone yeah and you're just I mean the other oh, the other thing of that is if you don't start you're never going to find out no you're never and it's it's that it's get out your own head so that no, oh, I mean no, that for no, me no, that, no. that there for me is that gives me the fear to want to start because I don't ever want to get to a point where I like, where I think, oh, do you know what? I wish I did that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I hate that feeling, that fear, that feeling of not f- a kind of failure and not getting to where I want to get. So that there, that feeling of fear for me is like, right, I need to, if I need to get to that point, I need to do this today. And if that's getting in front of my phone and a few times got, a week. Has that got more comfortable for you the more you've done it though? So that fear is yeah is is now gone. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's gone, but um, I I'm definitely more comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate watching or listening to my own voice mm-hmm. or watching myself. <laughs> that will. But that's not the way you get better. Though, yeah. If you watch it back, that's you it, can yeah. see like things in this podcast. If I'm sitting across with another guy, I call him mate all the time. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, stop calling him mate. A lot of people have got to pick up on this now, but <laughs> I call him. It's just natural. We're speaking to another guy. He's yeah, mate, yeah. mate, mate. And I've been like, right, stop doing that because I've been watching it back. And yeah. I say other wee trigger words. I say, um, a lot. <laughs> or ob- obviously as well. And I'm like, right, stop doing that. But that's the only way you get better with videos. If you watch it back and you can start picking up on things, yeah. then you become more confident and then you get to a stage you're just like rattling them out. And something we spoke about in the car up is getting on, like for your why make change on social media. It's, it's a powerful platform. It's changed, yeah. not say changed your life, but it's changed your life in the aspect of where your business is going. Yeah. I think in this day and age, if, if you're hiding away from social media, it's it's not going to work out for you because mm. like the world changes mm, big time. Um, and yeah you you're crazy not to need to get on that right now oh 100% so that was for that question I asked you mate is, is <laughs> where to start and how people start is get out of their heads stop thinking about other people thinking yeah. because I know mate myself you don't care what other people are doing you're no. too busy trying to negotiate your own problems your own life your own stresses you're not worried about what Joe Bloggs is doing if they're in the gym or they're trying to post on social media so that was brilliant mate get started and yeah don't worry about don't, what other people don't, think don't worry aye so thanks very much mate for coming on today I really I appreciate, appreciate it. it and hopefully we can do it again soon yeah absolutely cheers, cheers.